Hello there, welcome to Jenny and Paul Sell Out, the podcast where culture matters and selling out doesn't. This is number 19, and like Pokemons, make sure to catch them all. I'm Paul Reese-Mandel, one half of your sellout crew. My partner in podcasting, Jenny Benevento, will join in just a moment. On this episode, we discuss the magic of physical media, or if you're Jenny, the absurd fetishization of physical media. From limited edition cassettes to soothing discs of vinyl, we try to hash it out. Hello, Jenny. Hello, Paul. So, uh, all right. So, uh, I am currently now uh, one of the shittier podcast producers on the planet because we have still one in the queue that is that, that, that should be out by the time you hear this one. But there, there'll no, be a no big, one cares. There'll be a big lapse. No, no one people cares. care. I, I, I thought the, the defining principle of our podcast was that no one really cares. Oh. I'm, you, did you fuck it up again? No, no, no. Okay. I was just uh, adjusting so my ears wouldn't hurt. Um, one of our awesome. listeners. It must be awesome to have headphones. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I got the minimalist setup tonight, Jenny. And uh, part of minimalist setup is you get no cams. <laughs> you get no headphones. Um, actually yesterday, uh, we was doing a video shoot, had a couple students doing it with me and I asked uh, the young lady on one camera, do you have cans? And I think she thought I was asking her something improper. <laughs> and then she was like, that guy sexually harassed me. <laughs> and I've been working with her a long time. So she gave me the look like, I don't think you're asking me what I think you're asking me, but I don't know what it is you are asking me. Maybe you should me. start confusingly sexually harassing your coworkers. Yeah. But... Just like things that could be construed, but really just aren't. Yeah, and I'm like, no, headphones. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. Radio jargon in the video world. I screwed it up. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But, you know. Uh, we have a little more than a month gap and I don't mean to do that. People do. I've been asked questions like, where's the new episode? Did, did the feed break? No, I said, it's just not there. You just broke. I just broke. That's okay. Indeed. I broke. Um, you know what? I feel like, again, it's, just, it's really in keeping with the theme of our podcast. Yeah, exactly. Do what you want. Do, do, do what you can. Yeah. You know, we got, we got stuff to do. Don't get That's hung fine. up. Yeah, exactly. We do we had, have shit we to had do. To go, we had to go see, see metal. Oh, Anthrax. Yeah. Andra- they were fantastic. They were. I, I am more of an Exodus fan, mm-hmm. and I thought they were also fantastic. Exodus was good. Yeah. yeah. And they played Toxic Waltz. That's all they had to do. That's all you, you cared about. Um, yeah. So I guess uh, Suicidal Tendencies also played in the same venue last night, and the guy, there was a, ma- there was a guy who, the entire show, that, so the show we went to... There were like four bands. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We didn't see all of them. We only saw two of them. But there was a guy, start to finish, shirt off, just rocking out. May have been retarded. Looked a little retarded in the face to me. I don't know. I'm not saying that as a negative. Oh, did you go to see Suicidal? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. But apparently he was da- there doing exactly the same thing. He oh, just oh. is a fixture of that place. The big shirtless shirt guy. Yeah, the big yeah. shirtless guy. Always trying to get up to the front as much as possible. I believe that. Yeah, I think that was great. I mean that that's a fixture of metal shows. He got in a general. shout out at, uh, yeah. from Exodus, and they said he was on their DVD, <laughs> which I thought was amazing. <laughs> it's like that the band is a fan of that guy. You know that that that's what it's what he wanted to do. I'm sure I'm sure it has made his life worth living at this point. Yeah, yeah, he seemed super psyched. And I'm looking forward to seeing Ingve J Malmsteen. I am as well. I think yes. he's dropped the J lately, though. He's just going by Ingve Malmsteen. If your name's Ingve Malmsteen, do you have to specify the J? Is there like a lot of other Ingve yeah, Malmsteens? It's true. You have to clarify it's it's not like Michael J. Fox. Right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, I'm a little disappointed, though, 
because Ingve's last two studio albums that were released in the U.S. The new one is not yet released in the U.S. He's touring to support it, right? But it is not yet actually available. Um, but his last two ones had Ripper Owens on vocals, and I am a Ripper Owens fan. I'm one of twelve. I know Ripper Owens. Do you, you know who Ripper Owens not, is? No, you don't know. Okay, I so, mean I've heard the albums, but I didn't. I okay. don't know anything about. So Ripper, Ripper Owens, Owens uh, did two albums with Judas. It's a Priest. good name. Oh, it's great. Yes, Tim Ripper Owens. He named himself after the Judas Priest song, The Ripper. Mm-hmm. He uh, was in a Judas Priest cover. Oh, band. I do know. Yeah, so no. he's the guy yeah. who then. Uh, Scott Travis's wife, who is the current drummer of Judas Priest, has been since the 90s, uh, saw this video of this band. And it was in the after uh, Rob Halford had left the band and they were on sort of infinite hiatus. And they see the video of this cover band from Ohio and they're like, fly this guy to England. And they said he didn't even get through like the first verse of the first song and they hired him on the spot. Uh, basically because he does a pretty good uh rob halford impersonation oh he's got his own vocal style and they hired him and he did two albums with judas priest and then halford came back and then he did a couple albums with iced earth i love iced you earth. like i like iced earth too wow we have an overlap that's we do. shocking we have, we have overlap <laughs> i mean you know i like the exodus i like dio sure uh, uh you know um, i have a i have a concept for like a dio choir like a not a choir really, but like maybe like three or four people who all sing Dio together. Although a Dio choir where like half the people are falsetto. Just like a barbershop quartet. Yeah, maybe like half the but half the people would be falsetto and half the people would be bass because there's no one in between. Like we don't really need that. <laughs> so I think that's that's my my concept. So it's a little bit like Apocalyptica. Yeah, well, sort of. Except sort of. only singing. Maybe it's acapella. Acapella, acapella Dio. Yeah, I think it's maybe acapella Dio. I mean, he had a good range. He had a good voice. Yeah. No true i mean the problem i have with a lot of power metal vocalists is i actually don't think they're good vocalists in many cases that's a different that's a topic for yeah a different don't time. start don't but start so anyway that. we're talking about uh, so ripper owens uh ingve j Malmsteen. for anyone who doesn't know and i can't imagine how you wouldn't know uh is one of the greatest <laughs> guitarists who ever lived maybe you've had sex yeah that well, might be how you wouldn't know <laughs> <laughs> i have had sex <laughs> okay you know what and not with ingve j Malmsteen. <laughs> good for you i'm not his type uh, is is a Swedish guitarist, one of the first shredders, uh, person to apply sort of more of a classical music technique to heavy metal soloing. It's all he listens to. It's all he listens to, he says. Uh, he was uh, first introduced to the U.S. in a in a band called Keel with Ron Keel, the vocalist, who was briefly sort of popular in the early 80s, and then was in a band called Alcatraz, it may have been his first band. I can't, I don't know. I don't have the history totally together. Alcatraz, uh, fronted by Graham Bonnet, who was in, I don't know, a whole bunch of British bands in the 70s, prog rock bands. And then after he left the band, Steve Vai was in the band. So they, they've kind of lived these parallel lives. Steve Vai, who I think is somewhat more well-known in the U.S. than Ingve J. Malmsteen. They're a little different. They're a little different, but they're both shredders. Yeah, no. no. Just Vai has a sense of humor. <laughs> Ingve does not, and 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 does write more than one song, because basically Ingve J Malmsteen has four or five songs he writes over and over again, and then lots of excuses for soloing. Although he does get a singer, he, oh, he gets a singer, yeah, right? Like, but it's still I, I the same like, song over and yeah. over again. No, sure, but mostly through his output through the late nineties into the two thousands, not good singers like these second and third rate kind of shriekers who I found barely tolerable. 
Uh, he had good singer Jeff Scott Soto in the in the eighties, and then when he had um, uh, what's his face from uh, Rainbow uh, uh, Turner, Jolyn Turner, also a great singer. Those that was great. But I would say that the people who enjoy a neoclassical guitar song usually also enjoy that sort of singer. Yeah, the, the second and third great creature. Yes, yes unfortunately. Yeah. So the last two Ingve albums had had Tim Ripper Owens, who sang for Judas Priest and Iced Earth, and I find to be a very while he has the full range, he can hit the very high notes, but he uses it judiciously. His full range, in, in a way, I think that uh, Rob Halford from Judas Priest right. can, can do the screeching, but also has has a pretty effective uh, uh, baritone, even. Well, but that's not that's not what the people want. I think. Uh, well, yeah. So I'm a little disappointed that we get right back down to it, that Ripper Owens is not on the current tour. Bummer. Yeah, I was, I was hoping for it. So I just hope that his second or third rate creature isn't truly second. Or I third read something rate. about it, but I don't. It wasn't someone yeah. I. I cared about but so. i'm otherwise very excited uh to see this show so uh, we'll, we'll have to report back Agreed. afterwards yes and i also purchased this is not for a very long time but uh andrew wk is going on tour with marky ramon and i'm very psyched about <laughs> <It's> that crazy <laughs> and i believe they're only he, andrew wk is going to sing all of the ramon songs and that, that, that could be all right actually. that could be amazing i yeah. think that could actually work out just fine I, yeah. i'm warming up to andrew wk because I mean, of you because uh, yeah, of no, you <laughs> well that's good i feel like and even if you don't like Andrew WK, um, unless you hate happiness, I feel like at his shows, he's like so into it that it's sort of um, it's sort of fun to be at, I guess, unless okay. unless you hate like a 22 year old boy. If you hate 22 year old boys, it's not. really. Well, I, you know, I, I don't hate them as much as I hate 16 year old boys. Sure. Yeah. They're not allowed all ages. Not all ages shows. OK, usually. that's good. So. Well, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to this. Uh, it'll be a good show. I'll be able to ignore the singer, I think, for the most part. And there should be lots of high-quality wanking. So there ought to be a lot of I solos. Agree. What do you think on the lady content versus the shows we've been to? Wow. So I, I feel like Exodus, very few ladies. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, Anthrax, a lot more women came in. Yeah, I think that, that they... Because Exodus is very kind of... It's much more guttural. You know, it's yes. much more like get in the pit kind of music. Yes, Anthrax always had a bit more melody. Sure. Um, and and the wider and exposure, wider exposure, the subject matter of their songs also a little more, uh, a little more variety there. Sure, less about shooting people. Yeah, less about shooting people. Definitely, <laughs> we cry for the Indians. <laughs> yeah, it's true. All right, they're yeah. sensitive. Um, it's got Ian. I think sensitive is the opposite. What is what I would call that song. <laughs> Um, Scott Ian, of course, ladies love Scott Ian. Sure, and he's on all the TV shows. He's on the VH1. The VH, any reality exactly. television show, you can pretty much book him. Yeah, so um, I can see that. Um, I think Ingve J. Malmstein, that's, that's a weird one because... Foreign ladies. I think foreign ladies foreign, will be there. I met very few women who are into Ingve. <laughs> Not right, zero. How many women do you know who are into any of these bands? I used to know more. Okay, right. Well, that's true. When that, I was in college and doing college more. radio, like the metal section, the, the the metal division of the college radio station was pretty uh, evenly split between men and women. I think it was it's surprising to me that there were fewer women than all at all of these things, or there were more women at all of these things than when I went to see Dragon Force, which is the band I would most assume hmm. to have women. I think it's it's probably the Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, facade is immediately off-putting. Right, but they're in Guitar Hero. Yeah, that's true. You're right. The Guitar Hero ought to win people over. I agree they're with you. They're more yeah. attractive. 
They are more attractive. Indeed. They also, they're Italian. They have a fan on stage. That, they're not Italian. Well, they? one of them, one, one of, them of them's Japanese. One oh, right. Them, they're like a mixed bag. They're global. Yeah. They're very global. There's a guitar. There's a guitar. Yeah, you're right. I, I would I expect. Know. I would expect that. No, and, and and whereas when I went to see Gojira, which I mentioned on the show, um, there were four ladies. Yeah, my wife being one of them. <laughs> Do you think the ladies? Well, I did have to say, I feel like the women at these shows that we the shows we went to seemed like they were there to because they were into it, not because they were like, oh, I've been dragged here. Yeah, no, they definitely were fans. They yeah. were definitely into it. I agree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we will have to pay attention to the uh, what is the mix of genders at the. I did not have Malstein to wait for show. a restroom. There, you, I mean, there are benefits. Benefits. There are benefits, and I didn't see if there's any openers for Ingve. They hadn't list any yet, so. Yeah, I don't know. Although I would say that at a show with as few women as as there was, both you and another friend, male friend of ours, got their ass grabbed by a woman. We, we, yeah, we, we by must, a lady. By yeah. a lady. And, and yeah. yeah we, I, well, I guess I don't know if she's a lady. She's grabbing dudes' butts. So Maybe it's know. the same one. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Like she's we just don't running know. rampant. Yeah. It's true. It was, uh, you know, well, you know, made me feel young again. What can I say? <laughs> Going to see the Anthrax, which isn't exactly a young show these days. No. Although there's plenty of young kids still into the Anthrax. Metal is a little ageless that way, but nevertheless, not, not, not young guys. All to deny. Sure. Gray, even more graying beards than you. Indeed, makes me yeah, whiter like, beards. Except for the, you know, like Scotty, uh, he dyes his. His it was pretty white though. Oh, was it? All right. Yeah, he's not dying right now. Yeah. Good logos on the Anthrax. Their setup was very nice. Oh yeah, yeah, always good logos. Yeah, good show. You all need to check this out. If Anthrax comes through your town. You should. You should They've go been see very them. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was. It was. It was quite incredible. All right, oh, so we've uh, caught up on uh, on business, I think. Yeah, uh, so, that's what we've been doing instead of producing podcasts. Oh, wait, but all sorts of things. I was well, well, I will do. We have to do my quit episode, but not tonight, right? Because right. I haven't actually yet quit. I've only just put in notice, right? But it's out. I'm out. There's no. Uh, there's not a secret that that. I think. I'm, can we make our the slogan of our podcast like unemploying people or something? Like, <laughs> unemploying people. <laughs> yeah, right. Are you going to go to war with Dan Benjamin? <laughs> Maybe. And the quit, no, I mean, quit podcast. No, we're two for two now. <laughs> yeah, it's, only, it's made us unemployed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't say unemployable. Just no, unemployed. no. Yeah, um, we'll have to get into that. Although the reactions to people's reactions have been have been myriad and interesting. Yes. Yeah. Though similar, it seems like. But that's another episode. Yeah, exactly. Well, when I finally quit, which is unfortunately still now two months away. Yeah, you're, you I have the longest insane notice. notice of anyone I've ever met. Also, you seem to be doing more work after you quit, <laughs> which I don't understand. So I had a project that, and I sometimes mock you. I really want to your f- wife. that I really want to finish, uh-huh. and it's a project for some for uh, a client, but uh, who, I, who I have a very good relationship. We work with very well, and so I really want to. You're make being sure a responsible it's done. person, and and yeah, and I want it in my portfolio. Yeah, I, mean, I understand. It's, it, there's also it's total self interest. There are reasons I get that. It yeah. just is funny. It's just this month sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'll have you know, I left work early today. I left at like two, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, so I'm taking my time where I can. But yeah, I'm working again this Saturday. So they can't fire you. <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we were going to talk about today um, physical media. Yes, it was at our Henry Rollins in physical media one. I almost saw today. Henry Rollins last weekend. I didn't even know he was here. I uh, he wasn't. He oh, was, he was in Indiana. He was in Indiana. He was in Michigan. Oh. And we went up uh, with some friends to go see oh. Clutch up in Grand Rapids. 
but staying midway in Allegan, Michigan. Well, I know he was also he was the speaker at uh, the American Library Association. Crazy. ACRL, which is his, like, college and research libraries. Um, he was their speaker. Yeah. So I considered faking a way into that, but I didn't get around to it. Yeah, we were going to see. We couldn't uh, We couldn't get out of Chicago quickly enough to make it to Grand Rapids in time. We hadn't bought tickets. It's okay. He, he will be here, like, in two weeks. Oh, will he? No, I'm no, just, saying just saying that's what Henry yeah. Rollins. He These tours continuously, so. Are my friends, Big Rollins fans, he wore them out. Yeah, no, he's he's, like... Yeah, he's always he's on the tour. Energizer Bunny, and yeah. no, like they were like when the show was, they were ready for the show to be yeah, over. Exactly. They loved him, but it was it was enough. It was enough. So we'll have to do the Rollins show at some other point too. Sure. So. Um, we could probably just call. He'd probably be on the podcast. Yeah, he probably I don't would. Think he turns we could anyone just call down. Him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have a photo with him. I could be like, remember when we met? <laughs> you said you do my podcast. Exactly, but uh, but uh, physical media one. Yes. In 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 the in the. Uh, if you have other topics you'd no, like us no, to discuss. No, no, I'm all for it. Not you. I mean the listener. You, oh, the, the listener. listener. I see. The proverbial listener. Please send it to us. Yeah, what, where should they send it? To jpsellout at gmail.com or selloutpodcast at, at gmail.com, whichever you feel You like. monitor them. I've never logged in. I do. Uh, there's also uh, our, our Facebook and our Twitters, both jpsellout. No, they get sell out podcast actually. Well, oh yeah, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> lots of I don't misdirection. Know. Can't you Google? Sheesh. Yeah, no. just just use the Google. Yeah, use the Google. Um, and so why do so why was that one appealing to you? Um, well, so I've been uh, do, I've been looking at a lot of indie metal bands and mm-hmm. indie bands in general, but indie metal bands especially. This came up with. And I guess in the last, I don't know, pro- a long time, probably since I was in high school, I feel like there's been this resurgence of vinyl, of course. Um, and not just vinyl of like cool old stuff you can't get on CD, but like, uh, I, I mean, I guess my first memory of this being huge is like Vitology came out and they were like, it comes out on vinyl first. Pearl Jam's second record. Yes. And, you know, you have to wait an extra week to get it on CD. And that was like 1995 or so? Yeah, something like that. And then, uh, you know, I think Radiohead does this too, where it comes out first on vinyl. It's just weird to me. And I guess, ah, (laughs) I hit myself in the face. With the pop filter. (laughs) I got so excited. Uh, It's like a Jack White episode. Um, Jack White puts out, you know, those, the, the... 45. Oh, yeah. All the crazy 45. Yeah, and it seems like it's like the cool thing to do is to put out the. And a lot of indie bands will put out some things only on like a seven inch. Um, and it just is, I, I guess, un, I don't understand that. But anyway, which we'll get into. But the reason it came up was I was looking at these bands and they only put out cassettes, like audio cassettes, mm-hmm. which I was like, what? Is this just old people like doing some retro thing or is this like kids who never dealt with cassettes being like cool it's on this antiquated media like for me that i drew the line because though i did grow up using records i wasn't super uh, super vinyl you know i wasn't old enough to be using vinyl mostly as a kid but like cassettes i think are the first time where i was like okay this is just an antiquated media there's no reason like at least with vinyl you can sort of say um, you can sort of say, "Oh, it has this different audio character," but come on. So I'm cassettes. I'm handing to uh, to Jenny a recent vintage cassette from a Chicago tape based. What does label. recent vintage mean? Uh, two years ago. Oh, it's oh, it's of recent vintage. Yeah, I guess. yeah. 
from a band called Blasted Diplomats. It's kind of like a garage band here in Chicago. Uh, garage rock band. Has some lovely art. Yeah. Um, and Plus Tapes releases only tapes. Uh, another one here. from. They only release tapes at that's all? That's why they're called Plus Tapes. Oh, I see. Um, well, you see, now I am an enthusiast of, of physical No MP3. Media. No MP3? Mm-mm. What's the point? Why am I going to listen to this? So, I want an MP3. So let me, yeah. So le- I, I'm an enthusiast of physical media. I am not. And and I, I think that there are. It's very Cisco and Ebert. It is very. I think uh, only we're both alive. <laughs> it's true. That's really mean. That's too soon. <laughs> Even when this will come out, that's too soon. <laughs> Look, I don't know if you, the, one of my favorite Onion headlines ever, and it was only a headline, was like the week that, that Gene Siskel died, their headline was Ebert wins. Oh, that's so sad. It was the best onion Although, I, you know, I prefer Ebert. So yeah, well, there you go. Um, so I, I'm an enthusiast of the physical media for, for a number of reasons. He's now pointing at physical I'm media in his home. I'm pointing at the physical media that I can point at. You see, there's a cassette deck up at the top there. Here I, the I have a cassette deck. Podcastatorium. I have a cassette deck. So, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I don't have them, but... And, uh, I mean, the cassette revival, which is something that I, I actually saw happening, saw on the verge of happening, and somewhat tongue-in-cheek uh, identified years ago on my old blog. You're way cooler than I am. Net. I know I just pay attention to this stupid shit. Um, but physical media in general has, has advantages. Okay. First of all, it's physical. So if I and drop my... If disadvantage I, to me. No. So if I have a hard drive full of MP3s, and I drop it, and it breaks. I've lost all of my MP3s. Well, if you drop your CD and it breaks, you also have lost. But that's only one CD. But why aren't you backing things up? <laughs> but yeah, well, that's a question for all time, isn't <laughs> just it? Just back now? things up, and you're done. Uh, remember, I work. I work in, in, in IT at a major university. <laughs> I understand. And we should just put that question on on like a loop tape <laughs> to every every professor with a broken right, but computer. My point is like, okay, yeah, if you're the kind of dumbass who doesn't who doesn't back things up or just lazy person i'll give you that i've been that right. person uh that's like being like oh this is my whole thing of cds i just left in on the street sure. like, but it's, it's, it's e- much harder people. but it's much harder it's much easier to, you say you can lose or break an individual uh, cd right, but it's it's the equivalent of taking your entire cd collection in like one of those folders mm-hmm. and just leaving it on the box yeah and i've known people who've done that so <laughs> right exactly yeah. but but by and large uh it's much harder get the cloud people it's, it's not gonna harder. be Two, MP3s in particular, uh, MP3s in particular are a completely hobbled medium. Okay. Uh, because they are, uh, they are compressed. Uh, Wait, and tapes are more awesome? Yeah. Audio tapes? Mm-hmm. Like cassette tapes? Yeah. They, 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 well, yes. In certain regards, yes. I will take up that not challenge. Not in all regards. No, not in all regards. Uh, also, like home dubbed by the band? Well, it, it could be better, yes, in yeah. fact. So, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to raise a flag of MP3 sucks. Right, sure. And nor am I going to raise a flag of cassettes how, rule. How do you feel about cassettes versus flack? Uh, flack meaning the uh, the lossless uh, format? Yes. Um, it depends, to be frank, because um, a lot of digitized audio also sucks, regardless of how many bits you use. So, so flack is a format... Uh, which uh, basically gives you actual CD quality audio, but reduces the amount of data by half without. Everyone's um, just shut this off. I know. I'm sorry, but they get it. So you get like the amount of C- you get CD quality audio in 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 half the storage space is basically all it is. It's open source, um, and there's some digital audio that sucks, uh, and that that is either been encoded 
poorly or recorded poorly. And so actually you might have more pleasurable and more nice audio coming from a well-recorded cassette than you will from a poorly recorded uh, CD. Okay, this is my own ignorance, but wouldn't however you recorded it and then put it on cassette and and release it as MP3 be the same? Not necessarily. Okay. Uh, because Why wouldn't you just do it that way? Why wouldn't you? Well, because uh, there's a lot of things that, that have to happen to the to the audio in either direction, right? So there, there's a pro, there's typically a process called mastering, mm-hmm. and this is the point at which whatever recording you have is prepared for the medium in which it's going to be, um, and that's usually the place where things go wrong or go right. So don't do you feel like though the bands that are putting out these sorts of cassettes are really doing that much awesome, like that their audio is that awesome in the first place? Well, it may or may not. Because it um, seems to me, of the bands I've seen releasing cassettes, it's like people who recorded something in their house. Right. And it, and I think it, I think that, that there's a lot of question there. And I would not say that inherently it would or would not be better. I can't say that. Okay. Because, and, you know, and they may be the same ones, though, that they, they could be recording it to a cassette four track in the first place. Right, right. So if you're like the upper 10% of audiophile, then okay, mm-hmm. I can see why you might want a cassette over a... Well, and, and and the cassette, I think the cassette revival is only a little bit about audio to some, you know, is about audiophilism. Or uh, being an why aren't we file. going back to mini disc? I'd be for it. I, love, I, got, I, got, I got tons of mini disc, uh, which has its own issues as well. But uh, well, everything physical is going to have its own. Well, issues. right, and I, to me, that's that's the way I look at it. So I like physical media, and I like things about physical media. But I also, um, I, I'm not sticking. I'm not a luddite, and I'm not sticking my head in, into a hole. So I have MP3s. I have digital audio. I buy MP3s to listen to um, instead of, especially right now, because I don't want to load up with a bunch more physical stuff at, right. at this moment. So, and and sometimes I get MP3s and I listen them, and I'm a, and I find that they are wanting um, that you know. And I don't think a cassette would really be the the the, the proper replacement. <laughs> like, I should have bought this on cassette. But there are some really good sounding cassettes out there. Okay, no, I'm sure that's true. I have no doubt. But that. it's with the MP3. I then I often go, well, I, I would rather have it on vinyl or on CD. Okay. And an interesting thing at this point is that I do think there's a there is a, 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 I cannot deny there's a definite element of it being fashion, right? Oh yeah. Of, of there being the retro impulse. That's mostly what annoys me. I would say probably. I would guess that, that and would. practicality. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think that there is an actual non-fashion aesthetic, even to cassette. I see. Okay, so cassette in many ways makes more sense to me than vinyl, than like releases that are only in vinyl. Um, I don't get that. Yeah, I mean, only in vinyl. The only reason for that is aesthetic. Is to, is to make a statement, yeah. Because it, it is, you know, and because vinyl is harder to release. But it's than, like buying a Model T. Right. Oh, I mean, it's just it. it it's not like buying a Model T. Uh, I don't think it's not quite that that antiquated. <laughs> um, it's like buying a uh, a big old timey bicycle, or like no, it's or like <laughs> buying a wind up analog watch, which people no, still buy. I don't think it's the same though, because Why? that that essentially does the same. It has the same function, and you can use it anywhere. I feel like the whole idea is like the. I mean, whether you love MP3s or hate them or flack. Whether you love digital music, the majority, I don't know anyone who doesn't use digital music at all. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, having a format that can't easily be transferred into other formats is like, I I I feel like personally that's that's a broken 
vessel. Yeah, and I disagree. So I enjoy listening to vinyl. I own quite a bit. No, I own vinyl too. But I own vinyl of things that aren't released in non-vinyl. And I find that well-made vinyl, okay, sounds, to me, sounds better um, in many cases and for many musics than the equivalent, than the same release on a CD or especially the same release on an MP3. Do you, would you say that's a little bit precious? No. No, you don't think that that's like, oh, it's just this romantic. No, it's like- no more precious than saying that, uh, you know, that than, than liking um, a free range egg you think tastes better than, than the 99 cent a dozen supermarket egg. Yeah, except I feel like, well, I mean. No, I'm saying it sounds better. Is- I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not simply saying, oh, I love the physical. I'm saying it sounds better. No, I understand. I'm making an But I'm saying how much statement. of that do you think is like a nostalgic love of that sort of. Um, I, I don't think it is because I've actually, I've heard some vinyl releases where I said that it sounds like shit. Like I would be better off with the CD. You're saying the actual recording, not the The actual, not the like, oh, this has pops. No, I'm saying the actual recording. Okay. That's fair. No, that I'm, the actual recording sounds better. That's fine. I'm on board with that. Right. Um, so for instance, uh, they recently released, you know, they did the big Beatles re-release a couple years ago, so you could get the the all the albums re-released on CD, remastered, etc. And they, and last year they did it all on vinyl, and I did not buy it because I learned about the mastering, and and I found out that they use basically the same master they use for the CD. And in that case, I'm like, well, then you might as well buy the CD. Point, yeah. yeah, exactly. Be, you know, when you basically you know a good in a, in a good vinyl release, um, and they're not all good. Um, if it's a new one, they will have at some point, they will take a master tape and send that copy of that usually. And it'll probably be digital, but it'll be very high resolution digital and send that to the vinyl mastering guy. And then they'll take it and send it to the CD mastering guy and they'll each do a different thing with it. Right. But so if the, if you think if the audio quality is the same and they're both released at the same time, what is the reason to buy vinyl? Yeah. It, it, then it's down to the physicality of it. I think that people like having the object. They like having the album art. Um, and and there is something. I mean, what some would call it. There is a character to the playback medium that can be very pleasing. So I'm not going to use the word better so much as the word different. Yes. Um, that, I would say like ebooks. I mean, I mm-hmm. ebooks physical versus books, physical yeah. books, right? So there's there's a character to the the process. Uh, you know, it's in the same of the you know people who like to pull their own espresso with a fancy Italian espresso machine. See, but I don't think that's the same because that's not an antiquated version of what I mean. I feel like it, an well, anti- antiquated. antiquated is not the give, why is it antiquated? Because there are now more turntable. There are now more new turntables no, available totally. than there were I know. twenty years ago. I know, and there's more. Uh, this is the I I, did, I saw something like this was more. Things were released on vinyl now since like nineteen ninety three or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. no, um, I mean any more than like people who who are going back and 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 going back to Whole Foods rather than than eating white bread. But there are, but I see. Okay, but I see the positive aspects of that. Whereas I see, like I feel like this is far more for most people, and I I do think that your audio point is good. But I feel like for most people, it's more of like a nostalgia. What's or wrong with nostalgia? nostalgia? Nothing, but it's like ridiculous. At least Why admitting is it ridiculous? it's ridiculous. Well, I like going to Steak and Shake. For those of you not in this region, Steak and Shake is like a fifties, a fake fifties diner, right? They have amazing shakes. I don't know that the fifties diner aspect is is like why I like to go there. I don't think it really affects me, but it doesn't bother me because I'm like, oh, whatever. 
they still give me my shake, right? Like, that's all I care about. Like, I feel like nostalgia where it's like, oh, this is just atmosphere. That's fine. But nostalgia where it's like, this gets in the way of me actually using this. But maybe it doesn't get in the way. I mean, when you're calling get in the way, another person enjoys. Right, right. except I don't know anyone who collects vinyl and it collects new releases on vinyl only and not the MP3s. And doesn't listen to mp3s like i feel like that for me is the thing is like the first thing you want to do when you get music is listen to it but they're, they're, they're different but but you're, you're leaving out and i think that's why i made the argument for the person who pulls their own espresso is that for many people there's great pleasure in the process mm. right in in the ritual there's of great pleasure in knitting things too sure, right like, exactly right. and so i mean so the, for some people the process of getting out the vinyl maybe giving it a good sweep with a record sweeper and, and, and putting down the uh, the needle. Because in a lot of ways, then you're sort of preparing yourself maybe to really listen as opposed to have background music. Did you see this New York Times article about the guys, the Dutch guys who have a new coffee shop? No, I didn't. Oh, it's amazing. So there's this coffee shop and there's these three dudes and they were like, people are just too high, fast style, paced lifestyle. We need to we need to slow things down because coffee's an experience. Right. So if you walk in, they hand you beans and then you have to hand grind the beans and then you have to use like a V60 and then, you know, you can, they won't let you eat, use sugar, <laughs> but you can use milk. And then you pay them. <laughs> That's not going to last. <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. It's, it's like it's Amsterdam or something. Yeah. I'm not sure. But it's but their their whole thing is like, well, these this is an experience we're teaching people sure. to have. And I I feel like just even and I don't think my description is 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 overly uh, You're not exaggerated. exaggerating. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think anyone who hears that story is going to roll their eyes and be like, oh, how, like. How exhausting. Like, if I wanted to do that, I could do that at home. Like, you don't need to teach me how to do that. Mm-hmm. And I guess I feel like people who are like, oh, well, I only have that in vinyl is exhausting. For the, Not for people who are like, oh, I have that in vinyl only because it's the better audio quality. That I'm, you know, those people in the clear. Um, but like the, oh, well, do you have that in vinyl? Because I have that in vinyl. And like, vinyl's pretty. And it's nostalgic. I don't know anyone like that. Really? Have no. you ever been to a record store? Yeah, I don't, but I don't know Have those you seen people. Seen high fidelity. <laughs> high fidelity kind of doesn't exist anymore. Those record stores went out of business. But Reckless Records still exists. But they're not like that anymore. Yeah, but the people in there are like that. Or like if you've been to a Goodwill, where there's like a dude who's serious about the about the records. I don't pay attention to those people. I ignore them. I'm just saying they exist. <laughs> I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm saying I don't know them. Well, but. The- <laughs> Here, if I if they were just going about They're their business, be my like, here's friend. the thing: if they were going about their business, that'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I can now can't get music in the most popular format available, it fucks my life. So, like, well, that's, well, then what what music can't you get? There's lots of metal is now released only in cassette form. And that's be how much? I don't even know. I don't know. If this. it's a new band, it, like I have had several bands recently, I cannot purchase their music. I would love to give them money for their music. Would legally. you have a cassette deck? Uh, but, well, actually, this, uh, yeah, but I don't want it on cassette. I don't listen to things on cassette because, first of all, I need a, like, a but cassette are you head sure cleaner. That they, are you sure need... that they're not doing it for, for pure economic purposes, meaning that they that they really honestly are maybe dubbing these off one by one on demand? I can see that, but it's if you're recording, oh, like, you mean they recorded on a tape recorder? 
Well, right. I mean, so, I mean, like, there's a storied history of the cassette underground. Sure, right? no, I understand, I mean, but I mean, like, at this point, putting something on Bandcamp is, like, the easiest possible thing you can do. It's way easier than making a bunch of cassettes. Like, I... I, I concede your point. I mean, yeah. I do think, I mean, I, I, I think, and I, I think that this is... A, but there's always been, especially in, in independent music, there's always been this, this certain side impulse towards the limited edition, right? Regardless of what it is, okay? This existed, I think, throughout the eras in, in a limited edition EP, a limited edition, yes. right? And, and so the idea, and, and, and of course, in, in the pre-digital times, it really was limited, right? And unless your friend could dub the tape or copy right. the record right. for you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get your hands on it. And that sort of what sparked record collectors to begin with is to get things that, that they otherwise would be are hard to obtain that you just couldn't walk into Kmart and get, you had to go seek out to get the import, right. you know, 12 inch single of the sex pistols, uh, bootleg. Right. So, I mean, this is just, just the, you know, iteration of that. But that's, I think my point is that it's now more about the collecting of the physical media than the actual, but that's Use always it. been there. There's nothing new there. That's, that's absolutely- but that's bullshit in okay. general. So we can, and so I, that's I don't fine. disagree with that's you. That's always on that. been bullshit. But like the fact that that's taken over more than actually getting your music out to people in these situations where it's this. But trend. it but it, it but that was true. That's always been true. But th- there's never been. Now it's very easy to get music to people, right? Like, that- well, I think that, that that's exactly why there's the. I mean, I think that it is actually that that's why people are are. There's a bit of it's a bit of a reaction to that because I think that there's a lot of musicians who feel as though that's cheapened the music, that's cheapened the experience, and that's cheapened what they do. And if you're and if you're Pearl Jam, uh, like okay, you're an asshole anyway. So I don't. Oh, I'm gonna lose people, but I don't like them. So anyway, that's fine because you have tons of listeners, right? If you're Radiohead. Um, but if you're a band that is touring regionally, like maybe that's you don't ridiculous. want any more listeners. Maybe you're happy with the number that's, of listeners. That's ridiculous. You have. There's Why no is that the ridiculous? Well, I mean, I I don't think it's ridiculous if someone felt that way. I think it's ridiculous to think that bands feel that way. Why? I mean, I I think that there are there are artists, I I, I you know who who are very happy to say this is what I do and and this is who can enjoy it. Um, and I don't need to be super popular. And you see this, it, it's much more, of course, like the fine art world, right? Sure. Right, where, uh, you know, in some aspects of fine art, say painting, for instance, or sculpture, there, there's an inherent limitation to the number of copies, yes, right? Everything. Of but then in photography, it's highly contested. Right, because photography is inherently reproducible. It's the very nature of the medium. Whether it's, it's be- you're gonna you're gonna bust out a Benjamin ar- argument, aren't uh, you? Exactly. <laughs> right, but you have the negative. So even you know from photography's very early days, aside from daguerreotypes, uh, pretty much all all photography to last 110 years has been inherently reproducible. Right, you know, and there's sort of a limited number of prints you can make from one negative, but it's a very high limit. And yet, still in the fine art world, it's all about limited edition. It's all about, you know, X number of prints of, of how many. But why does someone else having something awesome... I mean, I don't see why that would matter about your enjoyment of the music. Well, I think that there's... Why does it matter in the enjoyment of that of that photograph? It doesn't. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I feel like it shouldn't. Well, I mean, it's it, it, it gets us it, back to the authenticity question. Well, but I mean, it's 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 like when people say, like, oh, these two gay people getting married affects my marriage which it does not well i mean it it, it, but i I think what it is for a lot of people is it's that the physicality 
of it, especially physicality where, where in fact it may have actually been touched or, or, or you know, by created by the artist, you know, gives it an aura. Oh, hi. Welcome to the halfway point of Jenny and Paul Sellout, number 19. This is Paul here to remind you that we welcome your comments and feedback. Post to our website at selloutpodcast.com or our Facebook page, facebook.com slash selloutpodcast. Tweet us at selloutpodcast. As always, we greatly appreciate reviews at iTunes, even if all you have to say is tuna fish sandwich. Now... Back to the magic. Right, and I have no problem with, you know, like, a limited edition cassette run or whatever. I'm not going to buy that, but that's cool. But, like, it's where you get in the way. See, I, I don't know about these bands who... Uh, so, so I, 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 I'm not, I do not know about these bands that are releasing cassettes only yes. with yeah. nothing else. I don't know about this. Because well, even, like, I, I showed you these tapes, this cassette right. label. Um, they have SoundCloud pages. Right. And, you know, and, and most of these bands... Well, but I would say a SoundCloud page, you you still can't buy that music. You can, can just you? listen. It depends. Yeah, you can just listen to it. Sometimes you can So that's the thing it. is, like, I guess, what, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like as not just a musician, but as anything, as a writer, as an artist, as anyone who has anything that they want to get out there, even if you're not, like, Joe McSalesman <laughs> about, your, about your thing, why wouldn't you want... To, and I guess this might be also that my background is in user experience, but why would you not make it easy on the person who wants to to consume Because not thing? everyone wants to make things easy. I mean, not everyone. No, I know, but that makes easy. you a jerk. No, it doesn't. I mean, I don't think that makes you a jerk. I mean, I think that makes think you somebody who wants to be in control of the process. Who wants to, you know, and, and... How are you not in control of the process if you have, like, MP3s? Well, maybe you, 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 what you would prefer is somebody have to go through the, the physical motions and maybe not be listening, you know, so much on the go since the, the cassette Walkman's almost dead and maybe paying more attention to the listening experience and not, and, and less likely be listening in the background or, you know, I, I'm guessing, I'm guessing at reasons. Okay. Right. right. I, what I'm doing, I'm playing devil's advocate, obviously, but what I'm, I, you know, I, I, of much more of the, of the opinion of, of you're the artist, you can do what you like. And you will reap the consequences of what you sow. Sure. No, I mean, I ag- I agree with that. I, I think that's their right entirely. And I, and I understand. And for me, you know, physical media is, is about the medium itself and its qualities. And its qualities, for me, primarily sonic. Although I, I have some appreciation for the physicality. And I think there's some real, real good things about physical media. In that I think that physical media may end up being with us longer than digital media. Although that... That's a prediction that I can't. I mean, on. I guess I just feel like it's it's also I don't see it as frequently being artist driven as much as it's, you know, listener driven sort of uh, the idea of like collecting all of the. Well, that's not that's still but the artist has to choose to do it. Sure. No, I, I well, I mean, to some extent depends what your label. You yeah, know, I don't think too many. I don't think too many labels are doing it without artists asking for it because frankly for the major labels it's just it's a lot of extra expense and complication so if the artist is sure, driving if, it they're not if justin do bieber it. was like i don't want mp3s put out i'm sure they would not be like well go f yourself like 
Sure, in the same way that Metallica didn't still, I don't think, still isn't in Spotify. Or, they are. Uh, or they, they are now. They now but, are like a, yeah. But it was, like very... but for a decade, and ACDC, you know, and yeah. there are many other bands who for a decade wouldn't allow iTunes to Well, because they also music. own more of their rights than right. the other uh, artists. Right, exactly. Whereas, I mean, I think that's part of it. I think part of it but is. But I don't think labels are going to put out cassettes and not put out anything else. Sure. Unless the artist insists on it. No, I agree. But I, I'm saying not most artists signed to a major label don't, I don't think would be able to make that choice unless they were like right, Pearl Jam they're, level they're, or yeah, Radiohead level. Because their their contracts won't permit Exactly, that, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think it is really... So, I think it's artist-driven. Um, But it's only artist... Well, but it's artist-driven, I think, in a sense, because if no one was buying vinyl, they wouldn't be like... Well, but, but that's, you know. that's all a consumer culture, right? I mean, you know, it's always di- and always a dialectic in that case. Sure, but I mean, I think it's this this interest in... No one would be buying vinyl if you couldn't buy it. Sure, but I, it's this interest in being like, oh, I'm so, I'm so big of a fan, I have this really esoteric release that, you know, is on something that maybe I don't, I can't even play. You know, like, I don't have the technology to play. Sure, but like, I don't... I have this back eight track. But, you know, there was, there was demand for vinyl before the vinyl came back so you know i i the artists had to had to start doing it so i've been listening to vinyl since i was a teenager i never quit listening to vinyl so i'm one of those people who always had a turntable and never i'm not one of the folks who sort of had the vinyl in the, in the basement got rid of my turntable and then at some point found that there was this resurgence and i jumped back on i've had a working turntable I, I would i would point out you also have a laser disc player I do which a, sort of makes this point a little bit moot on your no mind. it doesn't <laughs> yes it does no because there's lots <laughs> vinyl there, but you're an exception I'm an ex- I'm an exception compared to the mainstream, but yes. but but there have been but there's been this hardcore like vinyl enthusiasts have existed. No, I totally agree for with the that. last you know since since the CD era hit us. Yes, all right. It, it, um, those folks didn't go away, and they were big purchasers, and and they were folks who 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 complained about the vinyl not being available, right? And to some extent, I think that was a point at which the market was out of step with with the uh, with the actual demand. I, it was not being demand-driven because there was plenty of people who were who wanted to listen to vinyl and couldn't get it, and, and, and on top of that, couldn't get a decent turntable for less than $500. Well, and I guess I feel like I also wonder what will happen with the CD because I feel like, you know, I imagine that the, the need for that is sort of declining. Uh, and I don't think again. This, I don't think the CD is going to go away either. No, I don't think it'll ever go away completely. And I don't I feel like. I, I mean, a friend of mine was telling me about his son, who saw us, who's like eight, mm-hmm. and saw a CD and asked what it was. Right, you sure. know, like that sort. But of... But that was just you know twenty. But you know, the, the the kids who are now twenty today, they would have said the same thing about a vinyl record when they were three or four years old. Yeah, but now when they well, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think, but I don't see the CD being. Most people who would have consumed CDs now consume MP3s. I don't know that we can say. I don't know that we can say that because I do think there's an there's a very large socioeconomic quality to this, and so I think you might say, okay, people, uh, white people who are middle class or upper middle class, yes, I think we can say that, but I don't know that we can say it of mm-hmm. other people and and uh, in, in the U.S. even. So that I mean, because certainly in my neighborhood, there's only one record store, right? And it's all Latino, and it sells, and and they seem to be in very, they seem to be doing bang up business, uh, selling lots of lots of uh, there, Mexican music. I would say also in my Polish neighborhood that is yeah. true with especially like house mixes. 
Yeah, so I think that you But have... I think that's a, also a very different, like, genre. Well, right, but uh, I think that, that there are a lot of people who are still not... Con- who do not necessarily yet use their their uh, computers or mobile devices sure. primarily to purchase and consume media. Totally true. And it may also be that, again, that they may still use them to an extent, but haven't really outfitted their lives in such a way in which that is that is convenient. Well, and I think vehicles. Sense. I think vehicles is a huge thing. But yeah, exactly. I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying it's not currently maybe true, but like, I guess oh, my I, feeling I, I, is... We're moving in that direction. I agree. Especially like when, you know, your 10-year-old car has like a has like an iPod jack mm-hmm. like that's gonna be like a hard time because no. what are you gonna buy a, like an external cd player what are you gonna do no I, I do think that that is the direction in which we are moving there's no doubt right we're moving to that and then you know and we're moving to cloud storage etc so that people will increasingly not really have to think about backup because it'll be a feature of their operating system it's already very possible oh yeah i, I mean i do think that's exactly where just it's go going back up your stuff right now yeah exactly listener. <laughs> exactly but i mean this is it's very possible and i think it'll become more uh, you don't have to make the decision in as much as that it, it just happens well and i guess i feel like that is i think for me that's why i feel like these physical media are very antiquated in that like, it feels like such a chore to go, like, oh, I'm going to go put this. I mean, obviously, this is, this makes me sound extremely lazy. But it's so it's so much easier to just get MP3s. Like, I'm not going to go to a store and then see if they... Like, I don't even know where I would go to a store to, like, buy... And some people enjoy the process. No, so. I understand that. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, to me, that's, that's so much work. Much of the joy of music for me was that process, right? Was, was discovery... Why isn't the joy the music part? Um, I think it's all of it. I mean, I didn't say it was only the music part. Sure, I understand. But also, I will say that the MP3s fall flat for me much of the time. That I'm unhappy with the, the audio quality. The audio quality of MP3s but if those, much of the time. But but I mean, I think that's more. And currently, I'm pissed off about flax because to buy them legally, I pay more than I pay for the CD, yeah, that's and that's just, just bullshit. That's just ridiculous. Because because it's the same data. Only downloaded and with no physical media, well, and mean, I'm paying more than I would for the CD. And I have to say, I think that's like one of the reasons people are going more to sort of digital media is the physical media pricing is so, or at least MP3, I think going more towards MP3 because the physical media pricing is so still ridiculous. No, it's not though. I, I can't tell you how many times on Amazon mm. I buy the CD because the MP3 Used? album is more expensive. No, brand new. On Amazon, I will go and say, "Oh, there's this new, the CD seven ninety nine, and the MP three album is nine ninety Well, or it's free. I mean, I think that's that's my point. It's like it's so much easier to get your music for free. Well, but that's that- no, I know, but I know you and I would never do that. I, I'm, I'm saying, saying I would. I would never do that. I'm just, I'm just saying, saying that. But but. It's, it's a huge easy. portion of people do that. It's fine. And, and it's actually easier than purchasing And the things. same people used to used to tape records in the library or tape CDs sure. in the library or duplicate. I mean, you could, you but know. I'm saying until we have like a really easier, like a much easier way to make digital media saleable. And I mean, getting into how these things are sold is like a whole nother issue. Mm-hmm. But until those become easy, easier, um, I think maybe that's also shunted people a little bit back towards the physical media, like you've said, oh, but I agree, also yeah. to just stealing things. And of course, because- it could, yeah, well, I don't even want to take up this, the, 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 the downloading argument, but yeah, because it, and the funny thing, of course, now with Amazon is, you know, that if you buy vinyl or CDs from Amazon, you get the MP3. Oh, cool. 
So if you buy a, a current album That's from true. Amazon, they put the MP3s in your cloud drive for yeah. free. So you can actually go buy a CD that's five ninety nine, and the MP3 album is nine ninety nine, and you buy the CD and you'll get the MP3s right away for five ninety nine, and then you get the disc. And bonus, if for over Christmas you get all you, the things that you bought for other people. Yeah, and no, exactly. No, I all of a sudden all those things I bought, I, I got the MP3s. Uh, the vinyl is not every album, but it's every album that they that they sell an MP3 for. You get the MP3s, and in, and increasingly, a lot of the the um, independently released vinyl, when you buy new, it usually comes with a code that you can download the MP3s, and I, I think that's great. I think that's I think that's a great thing because that way you can you can have the convenience and use the MP3 for places where you're not listening critically. When you know, like if I'm on loud public transport right. and I get headphones in, I, I'm not going to tell you that I can discern much difference unless it's a really horrible MP3. But in my living room, when I'm sitting down to really listen critically, I can tell the difference. And I think that that's part of the you know that there is utility in all of this, and that there's times when when you you're ready to take in and really um, uh, appreciate the, the, the fidelity of, of of vinyl in particular. You you are or people I, who people who do people who are inclined to, right. and it's one of these things that it's like good food it's like good beer it's like good wine i think once per, a person has experienced it and been sensitized to it and, and can kind of discern it from from another experience that often is what wins them over so you know there's plenty of people who are like i like budweiser why you why you you know right except i feel like there's the same thing in craft beer where it's like i'm gonna go through this extreme line to get dark lord just for the sake well, of right. saying and, i was but there. there's always gonna be those people so right. get used to it and just let them be assholes <laughs> right and if and those don't, people don't, then that's fine but if those people then made it hard for me to get the beer I like, that would make me angry in the same way that releasing things only on... And then I tend to go, then maybe I don't want it so bad. It's Well, I know, it's really frustrating. But I feel like it's hard, especially with newer bands. Like, for me, I mean, I don't fall in love with a lot of newer bands. So the fact that... Um, it's because you're old. It's because I'm old. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I'm reading a music magazine and it's only, you know, bands that they describe as sounding like a band I liked, right? Mm -hmm. uh, t 20 years ago. So um, uh, when I do find that, it's very frustrating. I'm trying to pay you. I mean, I think that's the thing for me is like, I'm going out of my way to pay you when but I, I could But you could probably things. send them an email. <laughs> and be like, hey, could you? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm serious because when if you're talking about a band that's that close to the ground, right? Yeah, that right. isn't that isn't behind three layers of management. Sure. You probably could say, hey, guys, you know, I can't afford to, you know, or I can afford to cassette, but it's it's really a ridiculous format for me. Yeah, yeah, because I I think that that I think that this is that's a moment, right? And 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 so I don't think that this is going to persist because I don't think that the that there's a lot of encouragement for that to persist. And one, I think, as it happened, you know, if I think back to, say, the uh, the early kind of college rock, indie rock era, if we get back to, like, the late eight, like the 80s into the 90s, and you had plenty of bands that released seven inches, let's say, for instance, and, and then didn't release anything else, right? Only release. Eventually, they'd get signed to a bigger label, even if not a major. And eventually, you'd they'd release... A compilation of the seven inches and i've seen this happen with a lot of bands uh who've done cassettes in the last say decade eventually it may be not right away but like a few years down the line they release a cd or an mp3 album of their uh, eventually you know they decide oh gee it's kind of nice making a living from our music or right it's kind of nice having all these fans and gee maybe we'll we, we'd like to actually release it and it's really only in the case in which no one will do it for them or they they're like well let's kind of forget that that stuff ever existed but there tends to be this cycle of which if a band sticks around 
eventually it sees the light of day in some other format. So I think this whole sure, I'm only I releasing mean, I cassettes is going to be it's a short to be lived. a fan of band in general where you're like hey could you actually make it easy on me your fan you know but it, that used to be so much of the way the world works i understand but i think that's bullshit i mean i, I feel like i feel like well it's, i we brought up ebooks a little bit earlier and i think that's a really interesting because that one's so much newer i think than mp3s mm-hmm. that like people are so angry about ebooks and they're like they're gonna destroy the physical format which i think is such a funny argument in light of all of these things we've just talked about which People still love the physical format. It's never going away. Like, the idea that anyone thinks physical books are going away is, like, hilarious and ridiculous to me. Well, I mean, in a way, though, I I get it. Because it's funny. I mean, in 1991, vinyl was considered retrograde. And it was going away, right? And it was actually a time right before... It was about the time that there was actually the, the resurgence really started. But by in like the late 80s, and I was buying vinyl, people were like, um, yeah, so why are you buying vinyl? And I mostly said, oh, because it's a dollar. And I'm, I'm a poor college student, and I still have a turntable and, you know, a copy of uh, Elton John's, you know, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road is seven is twelve ninety nine CD and a dollar on vinyl. And it was really why I was buying it because I thought it sounded pretty damn good and it cost me a dollar. And right. I, so I still I will I choke a little bit on on the cost of new vinyl which actually reflects its real cost. I yeah. mean when CDs first came out they were 15.99 and they cost less to manufacture by 1989 they cost less to manufacture than vinyl did but were still marked up to almost double the yeah. cost in a record store. I mean so, I would say it's only very recently that they've actually you know I remember reflect the cost of manufacture. When they came out yeah people were like oh they'll soon be really cheap and you're like that never really happened <laughs> for a while. For yeah it <laughs> yeah, took like until, decades. Like, Amazon that never yeah, really happened. It took a long time. No I agree. Um well, because it, you know the record industry, the major labels are largely a, a, cart, a cartel who collude, even if they can't be caught at it. Um, but that aside, I mean, you know, I can see why. I mean, and of course, bibliophiles are, are, are you know as annoying as audiophiles, if not more annoying than, than audiophiles. Um, I can see though, you know, why they feel threatened. I mean, I get it because there's a point at which vinyl, I mean, in vinyl really has gone away. And as much as it has gotten popular again, you still can't get most releases on vinyl. And the ones that you can, they generally only do one relatively small pressing. And that's more of an economic barrier than it is anything else. Cause it's just expensive and expensive to keep it in print. So, you know, I think what people, what is more likely is you'll start seeing books only have one edition in, in more limited copies we're not there yet. I think we're, right. we're quite a ways away from well, that. Well, and lots of books that are self-published. That right. We'll never see print because Or it's... ones that become so popular, they become printed. I mean, yeah. I think... Yeah, I think that that's probably still your possible. Your Shades of Grey. Yeah, exactly. But I think that, that you're, we're probably on that. And, you know, and, and what, what I have to remind myself of, right, in all of this is that, you know, stuff is pretty ephemeral nevertheless, right? And And, and I have this... I have on the one hand a very we all die alone, Paul. right? Exactly. <laughs> I have this. I have this real tendency towards not, you know, towards wanting, towards that conservation, right? And I and I think from a historical cultural standpoint, conservation is a good thing, but from a personal standpoint, it 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 can border on OCD. 
Yeah, the like I'm never playing this so that it's right pristine. I'll never take my action figure out of the out of the yeah. box, right? The, the, yeah. You know, the, like I've I've heard definitely people say, "Oh, I wish I never played with my Star Wars figures when I was a kid." I'm like, but you had so much fun. Playing the with reason your Star why Wars they're figures. so valuable is because most kids, you know, got them eaten by the lawnmower right. or you know, <laughs> dropped right. them down the sewer. They wouldn't be valuable if we'd all kept them in the box and stuck them in the closet. And you know, and and, and you know, and and I and I have a real problem. Uh, at this point with the collector mentality myself, because I, I think it's, it, it, it is it's to some extent anti-pleasure. It, it's almost yeah, puritan totally. in, 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 in its outlook. I agree with you there. I mean, and that, you know, if I buy a tape, I didn't, I didn't buy it to stick on a shelf. I bought it to listen to. And I was kind of, and for me, buying some of the tape releases has been more out of curiosity than, than necessarily thinking, oh, this is going to be so much better. Although I am cur- I'm interested in, in the very few artists who've actually kind of recorded it all at home on a four track or maybe Beck a real style. Reel. What style? Beck. Yeah, exactly. Beck style or, or Sebado style. And, uh, and then, and then is dubbing it themselves because uh, there's something interesting to me in that process and wanting to go through that process. Um, even if it's event, it's not sustainable. I mean, and it's sort of it's inherently sort of unsustainable if you want to build an audience. That's a lot of yeah. dubbing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that is a lot of dubbing. <laughs> well, and I think uh, and yeah, high speed dubbing sucks. <laughs> yeah, it just seems I don't know. I mean, I think like part of this for me is also like a professional thing because I mean it's just totally antithetical to everything I do at work um so i mean it's just like make everything easy on the person who wants to find this thing and Mm -hmm. like also um when you know you uh when you buy things for a library like the idea one of the like main ideas in collection development is like this thing is for use like you can't have an archival copy like definitely there are archives where there is an archival Mm -hmm. copy but you shouldn't be upset when someone like reads something so many times that the book falls apart that's like the best thing that could possibly happen it just it it, what happens is that it sucks when then we find out that there are no copies left sure and i think that's great and maybe there should be a guy there should be like a professional holding that vinyl but I, i guess that's the other thing is like i'm skeptical of the idea that like I'm the best person to conserve this seven inch. Like, I feel like definitely we've seen, you know, fans have that sort of stuff. But I mean, every record store guy is not the best person to hold whatever it is. You know, and and digitizing it is actually probably, you know, like to make sure there's more than one copy or, you know. Well, right. I mean, and I think that I agree with you because I think that what the pro side of digital can be the fact that because of the ease of duplication is that right is that is that you you get more of the cloud and i don't mean the cloud like google i mean more that that i can have a copy you can have a copy and so we greatly reduce the the chance that this artifact will just the music itself will disappear altogether there is a there's a library acronym for this called locks yeah lots of copies keep stuff safe Yeah, and I and I, and I agree, right? And 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 I, I support that, and I think that that's correct, you know. But from from an individual standpoint, though, digital and and backups and things can can be a real pain in the ass. No, totally, I agree. Because I, I, you know, I'm a video producer, and you know, it's video at this point um, is lots of data. 
Yeah, that's why you need good metadata. Right. Well, no, I agree. And no one's good at that. I agree. And, and we're not, but we have some at least. But, but it's no, just... No, but I mean, it's hard. It's hard yeah, for it's anyone hard. to do. But, but I'm not even talking about the metadata. I'm just talking right. about the fact of like, you know, so when we're, when we're turning out terabytes of data in any given quarter... Where do you put it? Where do you put it? And yeah. then where do you put multiple copies? Right. And it's getting, you know, storage gets cheaper. We keep doing it. But I long for... The, and it wasn't very long ago. In fact, it was only about six years ago in which at, in, outside of a film studio in which we moved away from tape. Yeah, so six years that. ago, I was yeah. still recording on, on, it was digital tape. Right. But it was tape. And, and, you, and you, had, you knew the lifespan, right? You could guess that the lifespan of that tape was about 10 years. And so you knew you had 10 years to do what? To copy that tape. And yeah. because it was a digital tape, at least, you knew that the copy would be an exact duplicate of the original. And so you just developed this very basic routine of we go through this archive and there is some stuff which we, we you know you do it, of course in a library you mark it as you say it's ephemeral you say we just are not going to invest in preserving it we may not throw it away but you know it's a tape of something that we didn't think was very important so we're not going to and if it doesn't play in 20 years it doesn't play you have to make those judgments but other stuff you make the copy you make the copy every so many years and now we're in hard drives which frankly fail more easily yeah, than, totally. than tapes and we have tapes fail but you know how many times have i opened up a tape cut out the part that failed and you know and and so okay we lost 30 seconds but we didn't lose two hours but, but and, I, and, and there's this part of me that's really winsome as i'm managing stacks and stacks of hard drives and stacks and stacks of raid arrays right and trying to keep them all spinning and put them on 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 uh uh power supplies so that they, they don't <laughs> and and i'm like i'm not sure it got easier or cheaper why do you think no one's releasing anything on vhs or, or beta people are are they yeah there's a vhs underground Jerks. there's been there's a total there's a total v8 not beta uh there's yeah a, why not that's even more esoteric uh because those the, kids are really cool you just don't know about them yet. The decks are all dead because <laughs> they haven't made a deck in 20 years that's why <laughs> Uh, and they still make VHS yeah, decks. It's true. Um, no, there's it. It's mostly uh, kind of a grindhouse horror underground. Hmm. Uh, so because part of and, and that whole that happened because and in a similar way to the vinyl is that there were these connoisseurs of like cheap horror and they found out that a lot of them never made a DVD. Sure. And never so therefore never. Well, but made that's a different situation. And, but what happens is then. What happens is that you you can't find this stuff, and then you sort of get attached to the aesthetic. Well, and there's there's my then like, you get attached. Because I feel to the like aesthetic. if it's, if there's so much stuff on VHS that we'll never get right. on. Yeah, that's understandable. So I get that. I have two V8 VCRs in my home, um, but I don't want a new release on VCR. Right, but I think there are people. I mean, and and from VHS, an artistic yeah. standpoint, you can. I think you can really make an argument that there's that there's an aesthetic to it. Right. I mean, the same way that some people will choose to shoot something in black and white or choose to shoot something in 35 versus 16. I, I will confess that as a former projectionist, I do feel yeah. like the lack of film projection. Yeah, there's really, there's real really aesthetic. Really I mean, time. you know, I mean, and, and you know, as an I, I, I do make an, a, a Fidelity argument. And as someone who produces video, I make a Fidelity argument. But I, I, I do not think we can dismiss out of hand the aesthetic argument, even when it comes to audio, that that the medium does something to the sound that is different um i think it's more obvious to to the average person in some cases the the visual component and maybe we're better 
trained or enculturated to recognize it and so people can see that the aesthetic difference and and you, well, and it's hard to fake the vhs aesthetic. well and i think there's a lot of retro like sort of especially right. in horror you're right like in the movie grindhouse or in um uh like all of rob zombies films i mean there are very a lot of allusions yeah, to that sort of to thing. that to more to 16 millimeter yeah and things yeah like that. well so, so the <laughs> on on this subject i feel like um Third Man Records has just produced a new, which is Jack's White, White, Jack White's record label, has produced a new portable record uh, vinyl pressing. Yeah, well, I don't know that they produced it. I think that they actually got one and rehabbed it. No, well, they they say they're going to produce them. That's what I read. Yeah. Well, because so, these used to exist. They were particularly, especially popular during World War Two. Right. That you could go down to the department store and it would cut an acetate. Um, the problem with acetates is that they're really fragile. No, no, the acetates are oh, rigid. The real hard ones, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. really rigid and they break. Um, Vestax is that the like what you would get like you're in a in a magazine? Um, no, that's a flexi disc. Oh yeah, those and they're super fragile as well. Yeah, yeah. which is just really, really, really Big thin. Mac song, really, really thin that. vinyl. Yeah, but you could go and cut a record because magnetic tape. Um, actually wasn't available at that time. They just had wire recorders. Magnets, how do those work? I don't know. Um, and you could record a record and send it to your, you know, overseas to your GI who is in Europe or something, and they could listen to you saying hello. And they kind of went away once magnetic tape became, you know, practical, because the, obviously that was easier. Um, and now, yeah. The spin article on this, I think the subject was like, what you'll see at your next hipster wedding. Exactly. Right next <laughs> to the photo booth, right? Yeah, exactly. The funny thing is that um, there's a Japanese company, Vestax, which makes DJ turntables. And for a good portion of the early to mid 2000s, they made a, a do-it-yourself home lathe. Hmm. And their audience was DJs who wanted to cut their own loops. Oh. So the idea was that you bought these, you bought a blank vinyl, you put it on. And, and, and so the idea was that because you wanted to use the record for, uh, for more, for like turntablism, for, sure. for that kind of thing. And a similar like, you know, the band Portishead. Yes. And they use all this like vinyl samples. They recorded all that themselves. They didn't use existing samples. They recorded all those loops themselves and had them pressed to vinyl or probably used one of these lays. Sure. Vestax quit making it because they couldn't sell them. <laughs> Little did they know. Of course, theirs was high fidelity. And I'm guessing that Jack White's, based upon the model made in 1940 and cutting to acetate, is not. It's going to be the sure. very opposite of high fidelity. Well, but that's a more authentic sound. But the, the funny thing <laughs> that you bring up Jack White because so there's this show on VH1 right now that I, I have a mixed relationship with called For What It's Worth. And it's basically about pop culture collectibles. And one of the stars is Baba Booey from the Howard Stern uh-huh. show, Gary Delabate, who has a column in Sound and Vision magazine. He's a, he's a known audio file and collector. I think, I believe you've mentioned this yeah, show. I don't know before. if I mentioned on the podcast yet, but uh, so I've, oh, we watched the one that's not yet released. <laughs> so they had, uh, they went to Jack White's. Uh, record store in Memphis and you know he showed off all his limited release vinyl and then the show I just saw they went to the house of this guy Michael Fremer who is like probably one of the most hardcore like vinyl advocates through the CD era and he's a writer and editor at Stereophile magazine and from the very beginning of the CD era he's like they suck I would like to like them but they're done wrong he was more of the like digital audio could sound good just CDs don't <laughs> That that's basically okay. his argument and so they go to his house, and his house in, in like somewhere in suburban New Jersey, he's got this basement like with like a two hundred thousand dollar turntable that's like got a platter that's about. Don't uh, put that in your basement. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Why uh, something but bad then, happens because then there's no uh, vibrations. Oh, you know, I see. Right. 
you it's, know it's like flooding everywhere here right now yeah, so exactly. this is like i'm very concerned but you know with this platter that's the size of two phone books you know and, and and they listen to it but apparently fremer the guy who's a big vinyl advocate went on the stern show uh with baba buoy and all stern did was make fun of him <laughs> television idiot <laughs> well i think he has a vested interest in that because he's like radio is antiquated technology also. Right. i just think that I, I thought it was funny that, yeah that's you know, great and then i i have very mixed feelings about this show because it is all about the collector mentality which i i'm i'm critical of frankly you know this whole like oh you get this you know how much is your is your esoteric thing worth and and getting things just for their collector value because collector Ooh. value is always about it's like beanie babies and tulips yeah it's terrible yeah i, I agree it's terrible and and then these poor bastards you know because when i was a kid there was the big uh baseball card bubble it happened yeah. in the 80s right and so all of a sudden it was like baseball cards are like ephemeral and yeah sure if you had like a mickey mantle it was worth money but Pretty much if you had any old baseball car for 1965, you stuck it in the spokes of your bike, right, to, to make a motorcycle sound. And then somewhere around the early 80s, right, when I guess the first wave of, like, baby boomers started to take their collections out, they realized, wait, wait, people want this. Oh, this stuff I thought it was ephemeral my parents are going to throw away we can make money at. And then, and all- that's why we have hoarders now. Exactly, right? <laughs> and then so all of a sudden there's this boom, right? And so then you get baseball cards, not because you like baseball or you like baseball cards, but because you thought they'd be valuable. I knew kids who were like basically like spending hundreds of dollars of their of their of their you know uh, lawn mowing money on baseball so cards sad. and sticking them away, thinking they're going to be valuable. And so all the baseball card manufacturers said saw gold, and so you know, they all started saying, "Oh, here's a special limited edition with gold foil, and here's the limited edition. We only made whatever, but of course there are ninety limited editions." And then all of a sudden they were like, "Oh, but if you get the you know uh, I don't know some uh, you know Mark McGuire uh, gold card, it's already worth forty dollars." Right. 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 You know, out of the pack that costs a dollar fifty, and then uh, it all busted, and by eighty eight, eighty nine. <laughs> We were back to the well. The Mickey Mantle is valuable, but the Mark McGuire gold foil Donruss is it's worth a nickel. So I've been um, dealing with coin dealers recently. Oh, that's right, and yeah. learning a bit about coin dealing for a lengthy reason. Numismatics, News, numismatics, um, and it's very funny because they are very frank about how no one is interested in coin collecting. That's pretty great. But the thing I learned is, um, you know, as opposed to keeping something in pristine condition, um, if you clean or fuck with the coin oh, at yeah, all it's like it the up. worst possible thing yeah. you can do so like the grosser a coin looks like pretty much the more it's worth i mean not in every case but in a lot in a lot of yeah provided that, cases, that whatever's making it gross is not corrosive no yeah yeah like if it's just like patina yeah right and i just think that's hilarious and amazing like it's like the opposite of every other collector mentality which is like i'm gonna keep this all safe well, but the part of it is that you can keep the coin as safe as you like, but eventually oxygen will come in right. and, and patina it. Well, but, you know, eventually environmental yeah. things will kill all of the collecting. That's why it's valuable, man. All right. Well, I think we've... Uh I think, I think we've made this quite invaluable. And we're going to put this on an MP3, but I, I, you know, I will be glad to record it to cassette for anyone who needs yeah, it for a cross-country like, drive. Yeah, yeah. Well, and who doesn't have any sort of... I saw a guy with a cassette Walkman at the gym today. I had a cassette Walkman until until like maybe 2006. Yeah, so, but it's 2013. Yeah, no, I know. But my, I'm my cassette that's Walkman just just broke. I was really upset. My sister had one until maybe two years ago. But at the gym, 
And this was a guy, and he he was so I've seen a few really. Well, you can't have a CD Walkman because it'll bounce. Yeah. At the well, gym. no, no, because you know they when they had the really good ones that had the memory, it wouldn't. They were never that good in yeah. my experience. Well, but anyway, was so, it a bright yellow one? That's what I'm envisioning. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was it was like the the sports Walkman, but the dude I was I've seen a few like if it had been like one of the, like the 80 year old guys I'd be like oh, of course he's like fuck it I'm not you know I'm, I've only listened to the same four cassettes and I'm not gonna upgrade, but he was like. He didn't look super hipster, and he was like, you know, like, like you a don't 30... think he was doing it ironically. No, he was like thirty-eight. Maybe you know, he was ish. worried about it breaking, like his yeah, iPhone maybe. breaking. Yeah, something. I mean that's that's perfectly legitimate. I mean that's why I have like a five-dollar MP3 player for the gym. Yeah, you know, but I, I was a little surprised because it did not seem like the, the guy I think. Because then sometimes you also see occasionally you see a guy at the gym who who seems like. Yeah, he's living in his mom's basement, and he he really still thinks it's cool to have underoos, right? Yeah, and right. you're like, okay, so that guy has the cassette Walkman, and then maybe, you know, the 80-year-old guy. Should have been like, what are you listening to? I should have been, but you don't talk You don't talk in the locker uh, room. Oh, yeah, you don't want to room. talk to It was oh, in the yeah, locker room. you were in the room. locker room. No, yeah, you don't talk to you don't talk, person now. Right, unless you know them. That's a commitment. He's in the locker room with it. Well, he was just down, you know, extra oh, stuff, I where see. he wasn't, like, listening to it, but he clearly had been. Yeah. No, uh, you know, it makes complete sense. I, I just, I, I haven't seen so many. Yeah, know. no, definitely not. Anyway. All right, we should do uh, what things we like. Mm-hmm. What do you like this week? Well, I had a different thing, but uh, based on this conversation, okay. I'm going to recommend the UCSB Wax Cylinder Archive, <laughs> which is digitized wax cylinders. Univers- University of California, Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Barbara. Um, so they both, you can download MP3s and then they also have uh, streaming radio stations, um, that are according to like, um, uh, different genres. So there's like cakewalks, I think it's a radio station, which I'm not really clear on what a cakewalk is, but, um, cakewalks is not my preferred radio station. But in addition to audio, there is, uh, or in addition to musical audio, there's also like, com- comedy performances and they have a whole section of the different racist comedy <laughs> and it's like groups that you didn't know had racist it was like it's like swedish racist comedy <laughs> um so it's it's amazing and it's a definitely like something if it was not digitized no one would hear fucking so, ludafisk lovers yeah i know it's really it's really like i mean there's like a hundred thousand like Irish ones and there's like a ton of Jewish ones and right. there's like a ton of Italian ones and then there and a ton of black ones and then there's like five Swedish ones uh, yeah so it, it was when that first wave of immigration went to Minnesota people were pretty right. pissed about yeah. the Swedes coming in the other Lutherans there the Norwegians there were mm-hmm. like no we we, yeah. we we left Europe to get away from you exactly yeah. That's great. So that's University of California, Santa Barbara. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think it's great that there's all these efforts to to digitize this stuff and then release it into the wild. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think it's great that they have it in more than one. You know, you can just listen to it like a radio station or you can just you download a bunch. There's one. My favorite song is um, Don't uh, Trust a Man Who Owns an Automobile, mm-hmm. which is about how people with automobiles can take you far away from oh, your, that's mom right. and your mom and dad. And oh, yeah. they might do not naughty things yeah that's you. why you have to have your mad money <laughs> yes yeah um I, i'm gonna go in the polar opposite direction i'm really loving evernote these days what are you using it for Other everything than 
Well, I mean, we use it for our show. Yeah. So Evernote's one of these things. I, I it's been around. I don't know how long it's been around. I I, I looked at my account because I had to re up uh, my uh, my premium account, and I said I first signed up for it in nineteen ninety nine in in ninety in two thousand nine two nineteen ninety nine. What am I thinking? Two thousand nine. <laughs> so it's four years ago, and only in the last I think year. I don't really find it super. You t- I I do like the notes feature, it's, but that's all I got. It's a critical mass kind of thing until you've put a bunch of shit in there. But what what are you using it for? I use it a lot for recipes actually okay so there's the evernote web clipper so it's, you put it in firefox or chrome and then you're on a web page and you're like oh i just want that and you click it oh, it's like a instapaper it's kind of like instapaper um except that it has much more it's broader utility than instapaper right uh so it does ocr if you're a premium member or it does ocr all the time but oh. especially if you pay for it so i'll be looking in a magazine i go oh i'd like to keep that that like recipe or something and i just take a photo of it and i upload it and it ocrs it. oh that's cool um i've been putting uh bank statement any any last few things that i still get on paper and i don't get too much anymore i scan it in and then i and i Why don't you it. want to get things on paper why are you moving to this exactly, digital format I know, huh? exactly uh and then you know and and then i found the more i put in there and then I, when i'm reading things or taking notes or whatever and and um and especially like, so I'll be looking at a web page and say, oh, I really like that article. And you never, shit on the web disappears all the time. So I'll say, I'll keep the article. And then you can also tag it and, and, and do just a quick note. And it's really easy. And it makes it much easier for me to find. And I keep going back. And it was like, until I hit some, and I'm not sure what that is in terms of number of items. But once I hit that critical mass of items in there, it all of a sudden got really useful. Whereas previously, oh, I sort of like, I just made it so much easier for me to find shit. Like uh-huh. and 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 also because it's cloud, so it's on my and I think it was it was getting an iPad, right? Because you don't have a ton of storage locally on the iPad, but and then if you're also uh, you buy the premium membership, you can cache some stuff locally, and it kind of manages it for you. And some stuff is only in the cloud. I find their interface completely confusing. It's gotten better. That's good. I agree. It was confusing. I agree that especially it, even saving, like saving it, I'm like, oh, done. That like I yeah. never think it's to gotten hit better. Done. Yeah, like, it's gotten so a lot confusing. better. Yeah, I agree. It it it, it needed some work, but once you hit this critical mass of using color coding, probably maybe that's well. You think about these things. I do. I don't. It's very frustrating to me. I agree, but it's gotten a lot better. And yeah, when I, and it was really recipes. Strangely enough, no, that it made makes it really sense. easy, and then I can just search on ingredient, and, and you know, I'm, I put my iPad there in the kitchen, and I look at the recipe, and I never thought I'd do it, but but because I see them online, and then you're like, oh, I'll print that out, and then you yeah, I just this. put them on the Pinterest because I'm a woman. I guess you could do that, I guess, but but the thing about uh, the thing that I'm a little. Uh, uh, the OCR, I mean, definitely. It, that, it, that, it actually, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, because it'll also be like out, like looking, you know, especially in comparison shopping for something, something stupid. I'll just take a picture of it. And then it's not even I have the, the picture. I have like the full thing. Or when we were looking around and uh, we're moving to Portland, Oregon, and we were out there looking at stuff. And I was taking pictures in it. Of course, it geotags everything as well. So I can go back because I don't remember things too good anymore. And I'm like, where, did we, where was that distillery I wanted to visit? Oh, wait, I took a picture of it. I just took a picture of the sign and it also had a sign and then it had the location and on the map. And so I go, oh, it was that thing. Oh, oh, it was actually so in that neighborhood. So how do you find it? Do you put like the note distillery? or Because mm-hmm. I felt like that's the other thing. It's like when I upload it to things, I can't ever find the thing again. Yeah. So I, I, I put in put a note. But if, if there was a sign, it'll also get a sign. Oh, that's true. So if, if, and if you, or sometimes you, so what you do is, you know, you'll be a little more mechanistic about it rather than like, and if you see like someone has the menu in the window, take a picture of the menu. Right. And, and now you've got whatever it is. So, you know, I did actually tag it, but I only just tagged it one word. Sure. Which was good enough for me. 
Um, and I, I don't, cause I don't really go back and tag, but I might tag in the moment. And I found it was useful to help me like remember what I wanted to do and all the things I, I, I uh, want to backtrack on. So, but it, it's, it's one of these things that like you do have to hit a critical mass and I can totally understand someone who says, yeah, I tried it. I don't get it. And, and it might not be for everybody, but yeah, no, I hear lots of people loving it. And I guess I was like, I don't really know what else I'm supposed to like, I take notes in it and like, yeah. I'll share things like kind of like I do with google uh drive or something but. and what i like about it as well uh from a geeky standpoint is it it's encrypted so yeah. their servers are encrypted and it's not true of dropbox it's yeah. not true of google i hate box. dropbox i hate it so i like much. it but but for, and i have good reasons for liking it but well i feel like especially if you don't have a paid account it's like useless. yeah no i, I have it's a paid useless account. yeah i have a paid account so that's why i find it useful but um that it's encrypted, and I think that's a real that's a real point. So you know, someone could hack in, but but it, 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 it's good encryption. It has been from the very beginning, and you know, having just been burned by Google Reader Ugh. and having been burned by Google multiple times, I'm willing to pay for something. Yeah, no, I don't want anything in my Google. Like I'm willing to pay at. for something if there's now some and, and companies go out of business, sure, but at least you know, I think if it, it's not going to Evernote just not going to all of a sudden tomorrow go. Oh no, we're done. Right, it's very unlikely that they're going to go. Oh, tomorrow we're done. That if they're going to go out of business, let's Google buy some. Yeah, let's Google buy some. <laughs> right, but you know that you're going to have a little bit more notice, you know, because it's their principal business. Where it, with all these free services, yeah, they go away, or they get changed, or they get, or they decide to be not so free, and then you have to really make that decision. I'm like, I'd rather narrow down to a few services I'm I'm quite willing to pay for, but make sure I really like them. And so, yeah, it took me three four years you know three and a half years before i started paying for evernote and i'm glad i do but it takes a while to get there i'll look into it yeah you might like it all right well uh we need to tell everyone uh you know to hit us up on 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 the interwebs the interwebs on the facebooks on the twitters yeah we're at selloutpodcast.com give us some comments uh we can get back in the swing but to figure out what we do when we move to portland i guess we'll just do we things just over skype. skype yeah that's what we do it's, I mean, I, I, I think it's... sleep on your porch. Yeah, exactly. It's very kind of you to make the long trek up here to Rogers Park. No bigs. From the west side. No bigs. My but, house uh, is probably underwater. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we'll do the Skype and uh, we're at... Uh, are we Twitter sellout podcast as well? Yes. Oh, I can't. I, I should be remembering this shit. I know. should just put up on a piece of yeah, paper Yeah, we should here. put it out. We'll write it down. In the podcastatorium. Evernote this. Figure well, this out. I'll Evernote, Evernote it. this shit. Okay. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Paul. <laughs>